then we see, okay, this actually means something. And the same is true for the shamanic journey. If I say, I want to find out why I'm always self-sabotaging in that instance, then I will, I will be shown what has, what, what, what resonates with that. And I will give, get the chance to, to see and to understand and to even heal in the journey. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful beings, powerful souls, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. I'm your host, Harrison, here with another powerful, mystical, insightful guest who I'm going to get into in a second. But you have found yourself on an episode where we are going to go into the, the intention that I always hold of pulling back the layers that are restricting health, alignment, and love with today's topic, which I'll explain a little bit here in a second. But I'm in the habit of starting these episodes over this last week with some gratitude, with some love. I appreciate all of you tuning in. The show is expanding week to week and that we could not do it, myself and the guest without you listening in. So I love you very much. Thank you for giving us your ears, your attention. Remember that if you get some value out of this episode today, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend, a loved one that could get this message and needs a bit of support. So with that, I want to give an introduction of the powerful man I have on the show today. I have Mr. Martin Tice. Mr. Martin Tice is a personal coach. He is a musician. He is a facilitator of shamanic journeys that help you transcend time and space. And that is the thing that we are going to get into here today on the show. If you are looking for some information about shamanic journeys that are non-plant medicine based, if you're wondering what is the rainbow bridge, what is the dreaming, what is medicine wheels, how, what is the importance of totem animals, that is what you're going to get out of the show today and so much more. Mr. Martin, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation and holding that space. It's been uh, a pleasure and I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine, my friend. Uh, it's I, You're the second, I was sharing this on another podcast, you're the second guest I've interviewed from the Podmatch platform. And it's been such a, it's been so exciting to explore all the beautiful beings on there, including yourself. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for accepting the invitation. And uh, let's get into it. So, Martin, where I like to start these these dialogues is learning a little bit about you, right? And before we get into the work that you do in the world and the value you're going to give to everyone listening, I want to hear a little bit about your story. And we don't need to go too much into it because I think what's more important is the here and the now. But I do yeah. want to hear about your pain teacher and the pain teacher I describe as, you know, the thing that has shifted us mostly into the work that we're doing today. So I'm wondering, Mr. Martin, is, was there an event in your past? Does something bubble up come to mind that really, you know, sets you in the direction of what you're doing now in the world? So uh, it's, it's not easy to pinpoint. There's no, no, one incident or something there has been some incidents and one was that i uh 
always had uh, difficulties kind of like please I always wanted to please my parents and wanted to harmonize kind of like being in that kind of like a broken relationship where the children try to fix the parents and so that was one thing where I always tried to make everybody else comfortable losing people, myself people pleaser. yeah but losing myself and not not even knowing what what is my what do i need what are my emotions like my shamanic journey web uh, seminars and workshops were in the first years were mostly evolving around feeling and mm. and learning to feel you know so that was probably one route where i came from and then the other was i had uh one of my my close relatives committed suicide when i was 16 so that was mm. something that was added but it was just a, a side component to the pain i already had yeah. in me and so, and so there was this concoction of I would say depression and uh, being lost, not feeling homes anywhere in the world, trying to find home somewhere else, you know, not here, not in the present because the present is too hard to bear. So that would, would be my, my pain teacher, kind of like the current moment was too, too awful. So I was always wanted to flee or kind of like escape from that. Yeah. So, Martin, thank you for sharing that, my friend. And I mean, I would say that's a that's a big one. <laughs> I think a lot of people, I laugh because I can relate to it. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can connect to it, especially you look at what's been happening over the last two years of events in the world. I'm sure there's been a lot of displacement. I'm sure there's been a lot of people searching outside of themselves to escape the present moment pain and suffering. But I think what we often overlook, and that's what we're going to get into today, while we can escape the present moment, in that escape, we also move beyond the solution because the solution is in the present, right? It's never in the past, it's never in the future. It's always in the here and now. And uh, I won't go into it, but it, my, I resonate with your story, my friend. And I, I, when you talked about going to the external places to find things that's uh, my pain teacher connects to that. I spent a lot of time and I'm really, I'm really grateful for it, but I spent a lot of time, you know, going out into the world, exploring the big vast world. And it was a beautiful opportunity for me to learn and grow, but it got to the point where that was my only, that I, I attached my sense of being my sense of value to the places and people and things that I explored. Yeah. And I think what you explained made me feel like I'm not a, a loner in that. I, I felt very isolated in that, but it sounds like you had a very similar story. So uh, thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. I want to now get into, my friend, the work that you do in the world. So this is why I wanted to have you on and I'm, I'm excited to get into it. And I think a really good place to begin is maybe a bit of a foundation explaining you know, what you do. So what are the details around specifically the shamanic journeys that you facilitate for people? What, do, what does that look like? If I was a person interested coming to see you and the things that you do, what does your facilitation look like? Okay. So uh, the, 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 the components we need, we don't need a lot. So we could, we could start right away. If you're willing, you say you come to me and you're really open. That's the most important, uh, most important ingredient. Somebody who's open for the process. 
And so what we need is to just sit down, talk about just the rudimentaries, which would be the shamanic journeys, kind of like a meditation. It is enabling the inner images to just appear. If it's images, some people experience emotions or feelings in the body. There's like all different kinds of sensations that people journey with, but I'm mostly visual in my shamanic journeys. That's why I default back to images. And so um, you would just close your eyes, lay down, and then we will probably talk about this, but we will go across the rainbow bridge and you will have your task, which would be like the, the one thing that I like in shamanic journeys is that we have an intention. We have a clear focus and we will do something. And, and the focus is enabling the journey and the great spirit, the universe, whatever you want to call it, to act on that and to to facilitate the moment in a way where everything you experience in that journey will be related to that intention so you will need an intention and then uh, with the task that you have for example to just go and see a spirit guide or a totem animal or to see maybe a past loved one if that's what what is the objective then you will do that while i drum the drum or rattle the rattle. We talked about this in our interview. There's more ways than just drumming the drum or having the rattle. It's just about holding that space and the rattle or the drum are holding that space and connecting us to more than the dimension we're in right now. And then you would go on your journey, come back, and then we would talk about it and you would share what you've experienced. And I would mirror back to you what I heard and what yep. imagery you might have missed that I see, but you have to validate. So I just, I can just say, I, it feels to me like this, or in my perception, having experienced this in your journey, this means that, and then you feel and go in inward and you kind of like have to validate that or say, no, this is not it. It feels different. And then you make your own reality out of that. I'm just helping you to find your truth. Ooh. So thank you, Martin, for that outlier. And it's funny, there was so many, so many elements of that that I'm sure people are very unaware of listening that, that will break down, right, from the intention, from the music, from the rainbow bridge, from uh, the, the totem animals. And we're going to get into all those aspects here today. So just, you know, stay, stick with us, stay, stay along with this journey. I'm going to break it all down. But the, I guess the first thing I want to speak about here, Martin, you know, in contrast to what to that beautiful journey that you just described, and we talked about this before the call, and this is actually one of the one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is to sort of break down this comparison and this compa and the comparison is if people are listening to this and if people listen to this show, then maybe they are. Well, not maybe, I think I'm going to put it out there. If you're listening to my voice, you're definitely in this world. The, 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 in the spiritual world, our understanding of the shamanic experience, the shamanic journey, I think most people's context with it is with plant medicines, right? Is most, is, is, they've heard about it, they've experienced it. I know myself personally have had experience and you too, Martin, from what we've shared. However, that's not what you described just then. You described a journey with all of the beautiful elements minus the plant medicine. So I guess I want to start here, my friend, I want to contrast 
that journey that you just outlined that you take people on and the difference between if we had done that journey with a plant medicine, what are your, what are your thoughts that bubble up in the comparison here between the sort of the, the now mainstream traditional exercises of using plant medicines for a shamanic journey and the shamanic journey that you take people on? What, what are the, what are the main differences that you've sort of come up with and outlined for people that might, that you might offer them that would be different to a plant medicine ceremony? So um, just to be, to be honest, I have never done any plant induced journey, so I can't, I can't compare. I can just speak from my truth and say what I, what I felt when I started this is that um, every medicine has its strength and its weakness, right? So it is always a double-edged sword we're working with. And the same is true with, with uh, the shamanic journey that I learned. Maybe it's not as intense. It's not the, the images, the visual imagery is not as crass in a, in a, in a way where I'm taking on this seven hour flight and I'm just like off, I'm gone. That is not usually the case. So uh, for me, it always felt, I was always afraid of any substances that would open that channel because I've, I told you before, I felt like a pressure cooker or something where the every, there's so much pressure. And if I take these substances, then I would just yeah. not be able to hold it together yep. and everything I was suppressing would come down yes. on me at once. Yes. So um, and, I and feel Martin, like... And Martin, sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but that's you, what you just outlined is such a beautiful uh, image of it, right? It's such a, a good description. So I'll add to that, but keep going. I want to keep here. I just want to high five you for that beautiful image because I think that I want people to have that in their mind as Martin's explaining. So keep going, my friend. Yeah. So uh, for me, uh, I never, I never chose anything of this. I was I, some of my best friend suggested the shamanic journey workshop, the basic seminar to me. And I was, I was hooked by the moment he talked about totem animals. That was what, what I was interested in. I didn't, didn't know anything about spirituality, anything about non-ordinary reality, kind of like all these things. So I was pretty, pretty, uh, a blank sheet maybe or something that never had any experience with that and what what helped me was that i was still in charge to some degree that my subconscious was always able to yeah. kind of like blank out when when something was too painful i got i got tired mostly and just fell asleep rather than feeling the emotion it was just like zoop, and i was sleeping and then i i woke up and my my mentor helped me to kind of like unravel that a yeah. little bit but it was not the the brute force kind of method you know very gentle in a sense that's the word my friend gentle what, what you're describing i'm just getting a lot of ease and grace and comfort and i, and I want to be very clear with my words i think there is a time and a place for these beautiful plant medicines right i'm not i i never want to come across as someone who's pushing them to the corner to never be talked about. They, they, they have a space and a place and they've helped many people. I'm not ignoring that. What I do want to bring to the conversation is what Martin's describing. 
I want to bring to the conversation and the table, and this is one of my intentions for this chat, that there are other options for you if you feel like you're not ready for those medicines, right? And, and Martin describing the pressure cooker image, I think it's a beautiful one. And I'll, I'll add another image on top. I, I like to describe it as, so doing a plant medicine ceremony is driving down the highway in your car of consciousness, right? And your and the windscreen is your ego mind, right? The ego mind that is doing a lot of the protection of the trauma, of the pain, of the things that we're suppressing and ignoring. When we do a plant medicine ceremony, it's, it's as if we're driving down the highway still at 80 miles an hour and we suddenly take the windscreen, windscreen screen off and we get blasted in the face by the wind of consciousness, right? It's going to be very, unless you're prepared and ready and have done some of the work, for most people, it's going to be very shocking. It's going to be very intense as, as Martin was saying with the pressure cooker analogy. So today, as Martin's describing his process, I really encourage people to, you know, have an open heart and open mind to this, right? And although it's different, it doesn't make it any less valuable in my opinion. So thank you, Martin, for describing that. Let's go a little bit deeper now into the process itself. And I want to break down some of the things that you talked about. And the first thing I guess I want to talk about is the power of intention. And you described it beautifully and I think a lot of people underestimate the power of choosing an attention to direct the potential of what you experience within any kind of practice, but specifically a shamanic journey. So maybe speak a little bit more about this, my friend. Maybe we can start with what have you noticed when people in people that don't, don't sort of prioritize an attention? Do you notice a difference? Yeah, there's probably different um like a scale of of degrees so when somebody does a journey and they don't even have an intention they're just like oh i'll just close my eyes and and listen to a youtube video of a shamanic journey drum then i'll just have that journey then they, they will probably be i was all over the place there will be it will be just like random and like the experience as valid as it is, will not be able to teach me what I want to know because I didn't say what I want to know. So it is just random. And then if somebody says they have an intention in the beginning of the, sh of the journey, but then they lose track of it or kind of like not are not are not really intent on that. You know, if I can say I have an intention, but like try not to because it might be uncomfortable or something it's difficult to put it in words but there's ways where we can escape our intention and just have a fun journey and then i will i will be there in the end and just feel like what 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 is it saying to me i don't understand what this is saying to me so that would be probably the the other effect it has and when you said with the power of intention is it is just um a perfect, a perfect goal kind of like, and it feels to me whenever I set straight intention and whenever I'm clear on what I want to find out, even, and that is what I learned in like the, 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 the transformation also happens in real life, right? Yeah. When we have an intention, when we hold that focus, things that appear that happen to us, if we look through that 
scope or through that Lens. view of what was my original intention and what happened to me or for me, then we see, okay, this actually means something. And the same is true for the shamanic journey. If I say, I want to find out why I'm always self-sabotaging in that instance, then I will, sh I will be shown what has what 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 resonates with that and i will give, get the chance to to see and to understand and to even heal in the journey oh, i love it I, uh, I again i'm getting a lot of images today my friend i think your shamanic mysticism is impacting me already i i saw a uh, a map or a flashlight down a road when you're explaining the intention and i i think you described it beautifully I describe it as people as when you set an intention, you're putting the potential that's inside of you, right? We all have this connection to source, God, divinity, you know, love, whatever you want to call it. And when we set an intention, we put that potential intention, right? We direct, we direct our love, our divinity, our consciousness through something. And that something is what we decide to manifest, right? As you said, the trauma, the, you know, the, the, the actual limiting belief, the goal, whatever it is. So yeah, I cannot, I cannot emphasize if you're listening to this and this doesn't just apply to a shamanic journey. This applies to doing breath work. This applies to doing just a normal meditation in the morning with yourself. This applies to pulling tarot cards, everything, right? Think of intention as your tool to enhance the experience, the inner experience that you want to have. Let's keep it flowing, my friend, and talk a little bit about, I'm really interested in the rainbow bridge. And I definitely have understandings around this, but I want to hear your, your definition of, because in your process, you take people across the rainbow bridge within their journey so what what is the rainbow bridge for people that are new to this and why do you think it's so important when uh when i started with this seminar and i went over the rainbow rainbow bridge for the first time or let's say for the first couple of years i probably didn't know what i was actually doing so uh, what we'll do is we'll imagine once we close our eyes, we still have an image of the room that we're lying in or something. So we'll imagine a rainbow bridge from that room, from a patio or the outside starting there. So it is a way to connect our mind with ordinary reality, with non-ordinary reality. The other side of the bridge will be a kind of um, dream time or an, a different reality that we are which is closely related to where we go when we sleep and dream. And so it gives the person the feeling of leaving this world and going into another world. That is one meaning of the rainbow bridge. But then also because it's a rainbow bridge and we go from red to orange, to yellow, to green, to blue, to violet, to white, it is going through the chakras, going from kind of like root to crown to beyond and will wear a cloak of white light which protect protects us and which gives us a feeling i'm safe here i have my cloak i have i have my wand i have my totem animals even if it gets dark and even if it gets really if i'm afraid i still am in charge so uh going through that light 
is charging us up, we are connecting with our chakras and we're, we're taking that energy from root and we're increasing it and getting less dense with every color and kind of like end up in non-ordinary reality with that part of us that can go there, that is actually able to travel. I thought it was beautiful, my friend. <laughs> I think, my friend, I get the impression that I think you do this work so much that the words that you describe, you're so used to saying them, but they're beautiful, my friend. I think you, the, the way that you describe things is very, I can tell that you're really professional at the work that you do. I, for a lot of people listening to this podcast, you've heard me talk about the chakra system a lot. And I would encourage people tuning in for the first time, go back and watch my chakra healing episodes because what Martin talked about in sort of taking the hero's journey through the chakra system, right from the lower, the lower chakra system, the lower chakras that represent more of the human body, and then taking across the bridge of the heart into the divine spiritual being that is the throat, the third eye, and the crown. And then, as Martin said, beyond, I, it's it makes me excited to think that on a shamanic journey, my friend, that is the start. Yeah. <laughs> right? That is, that is the beginning. Right. Yeah. So I would ask, <laughs> I would ask people listening to just imagine if that's the beginning, what is ahead, right? Where, where do you go at that point? And that's, I think where Martin takes people within the shamanic experience. And you could imagine that a lot of your answers to the challenges that you face you know, lie in that beyond area, that, that, that's that next step. So uh, I love it. So let's, let's keep it flowing here. So we've got the rainbow bridge. We've set our intention. We've got our wand. We've got our cloak of compassion and comfort and safety. So now we're going into the beyond and let's, let's talk about a bit about this. So I guess now I want to know about, tell me about the medicine wheel. So this is something that I'm new to. I, again, it's it's in there somewhere, but I have not too much understanding around the medicine wheel. What, where does the medicine wheel play a role in this? What is it? And how do you use this, the medicine wheel, within this facilitation to help the person within their journey? Yeah. So um, I feel it is it is really a more complex system and the podcast that I that I talked talked about the medicine wheel in those podcasts I feel like I've I have really not done a lot good justice to explaining it in a way where the audience can really understand and, and that is kind of like the the split that is difficult to handle that it is such a great tool and it helps me and the the person I'm accompanying to work with the shamanic journey, they are kind of like really good systems that complement each other. But the medicine wheel itself, I've studied the medicine wheel for 10 years and I feel like I still not, I don't have a complete knowledge. I don't, I'm not, I'm not the authority if you want if you will. Yep. So I don't want to be kind of like, uh, giving the impression that I, that I am the master, you know, because it feels like this is a life's journey with the medicine wheel and learning, but um, not, not to tease the audience, the medicine wheel can, you can imagine it like a, a compass in the easiest way. It is North, South, West, and East is one of the attributes. You can kind of like see a circle and then you have these four directions 
And in these four directions, there's always different kinds of attributes. If we go through seasons, spring, summer, so east would be spring, south would be summer, west would be fall, and north would be winter. You always go kind of clockwise from three o'clock to 12 o'clock. It's always, the beginning is always in the east. And the kind of the end, which is not, there's no end because it goes round and round, but the the end of that would be in the north. And, and so we have, yeah. And Martin, just ask a question that's bubbling up. It, are there certain guides that you can bring in that connect to different, uh, like the north, the east? My, something that's coming up for me is my maybe experience with it has been connected to different spirits or different entities we can bring in based off the north based off the south based off the east and west do you incorporate that is, is that something that comes in within the experience yes and here uh, here would be like there's so many different medicine wheels that yeah. are based from different indigenous tribes for example some some the south would be the mouse which i'm using and my mentor is using but others it's coyote then you, ha you have different animals and, and, and spirit guides in those directions, but depending on who's teaching whom, it is a different layout and it will be different guides and different attributes. For example, in the South, like in Southern America, the medicine wheel is different because mostly they are on the Southern hemisphere. So what, what, what kind of like, that's how I explain it that the attributes were a little bit different. And because, because when the people used the sun as their orientation, it was just a little bit different than in the, on the Northern hemisphere, but yes. And how do you, how do you equip clients, my friend that come to see you with this tool? Like for example, when they're, it, is this something that you give them when they start walking across the rainbow bridge? Is it, is it a part of their, you know, their wand and their cloak that they take? Is this, how do you implement the medicine wheel with someone that's going on this journey? So the, the, the more experience students or clients acquire, the more they will learn about it because it's, it's a regular part of sessions and about the teaching. But in the beginning, it's just like teaching someone a new skill in, in another, um, podcast i talked about surfing that when you start to surf and you you really knew you're standing on the board and the, the surf teacher will give you a shove at the right time at the right place and you will just be caught by the wave and will have an experience of cool i'm surfing and so the more you the more you learn the more you will have to know about everything that you're working with and so you will have to learn about the medicine wheel you will know that if I want to heal my emotional trauma, I will travel into the South because that's where water is. That's where emotion is. That's where the, the kind of like the hurt child is, which I want to heal. So all these things will be coming more, more, uh, they, they will, the, the people learn it, but you have to kind of like start from scratch. And in the beginning, I will give the, 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 the journey layout completely. The person brings the intention and I say, okay, this is where you go. This is the journey that you're making because it is too difficult to teach right away everything. I love it. It sounds, again, 
getting a lot of images of that roadmap, that map and that, and that compass, it seems like a way to direct and help people move through <laughs> the vastness and the expanse in which they fall into after the bridge element. Uh, love it, my friend. I hope that gives some value to people listening. And these are all just, you know, these topics we're hitting on here with Martin, we could probably do an episode on each of them individually. Right. And I'm just, I'm, my intention here is to just sort of break down a little bit of these characteristics. So you as a listener tuning in, have a have somewhat of a summary of this kind of experience because I think our our mind, which is where a lot of the pain and the challenges we hold, it it starts to feel safe when it has some sort of structure, when it some has some kind of understanding. We don't want to stay in that, right? We want to move beyond it. But I've found in my experience going into these kinds of journeys, if we have some sort of foundation and understanding of the different things that are going on, then that helps us lean in. That helps us, you know, dive into the the rainbow bridge and take that hero's journey across, across the expanse. So Mr. Martin, I want to now talk about music. And I know this is, you know, that we'll probably go into a lot of different little topics here within this category, but I know this is part of your background and, you know, you're correct me if I'm wrong. You were a musician before you started doing this kind of work and, and you've used this now within this practice, I guess, let's start with what is, what is the significance of adding in the music element within the shamanic journey in your opinion? Yeah. So, uh, if, if you want to, like you're, you're referring to the drum as music or music, yeah. music, kind of like melodies and well, all of it, all of you explain yeah. whatever, whatever comes up, my friend, or I, all of it, I would count. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I think in order, I, I will probably start because you mentioned my, my former time as a musician, my music was pretty melodic, deep, deep house, kind of like really harmonies but driving basses a little bit like if you took a shamanic drum and kind of like turn it into a techno sound and so i realized that the people were deeply affected usually when they were at these festivals or the places where i played they were really lost in their in their in their self and were dancing in the music and i felt like this is this is something that is really a great gift if people are able to tune into that some decided not to which is fine but others were just like really you could basically when i was when i was djing i was really focused because i i couldn't really look at the audience but if, every time i did i felt like some people were just so in peace and yeah kind of like really peaceful and yeah. um when i when i played my music uh at an ecstatic dance in hawaii when i just had like that was just a dj set so i didn't i didn't do anything except press play i could see those people and i saw the effect of the music so i think music is a really like it helps us to let go it, it gives us wings so um, if we decide to to kind of let go of that of that heaviness and use the music to to fly a little bit, then 
that is a great a great uh, experience, but we have to be able to do that. You know, I could have never done that when I when I started with this. I was was really straight and not dancing a lot. I was just really body stiff. So um, yeah. it is it is difficult sometimes. Your description, once again, my friend, of the wings to describe the music. I think that is a, I think you nailed it. And uh, I, I wanted to share another story and I'll, I'll, I'll probably get to that in a second, but another one has bubbled up that I want to just share here to describe what Martin is talking about with the music. And I'm going to connect it to a ceremony that I did. I did a, uh, a plant medicine ceremony a couple of years ago, and it was one of those, those intense ones where a lot of emotions coming up, a lot of trauma, a lot of pain. And there was a, people might be familiar with this in regards to an Icaro, an Icaro, and Icaro is in the tr- South American uh, cultures of the, of the music that people play within ceremonies to help them through it. And I was in a ceremony and there was this person facilitating me and she was singing, she was singing and using her beautiful voice. And just without even being in a ceremony, as Martin is saying it in itself put us in that trance, like letting go state, but within a ceremony, what it does as Martin beautifully said, when I experienced this within the ebbs and the flows of the emotion and the pain I was moving through, what the music did was able, was not only allowed me to, to go deeper into what I needed to see and feel, but gave me the confidence and the strength to know that I could make, make, make the journey. Right, because I think that's a lot within a shamanic experience, and I, I want to get your your opinion on this, my friend. I think within a shamanic journey, we're going to face a lot of things that sometimes we will run up against that we feel like we don't have the strength to do. Right, we feel like, oh, I, I want to turn back. This is too much. I want to ignore this. Can I can I just go back to suppressing this thing? But yeah. as I'm sure you've <laughs> witnessed, the way out is through, and yeah. I think music can facilitate that. Would you agree, my friend? Absolutely. And when you were speaking, I was, I, I heard the the whistling sound that my uh, Southern American shamanism, shamanism teacher was whistling when we were in, in session. And that was exactly what you said. It, it, I still hear that tune. And it's, it's really, it is something that pacifies and gives us strength to go through certain things the the drum that that i'm using or my mentor is using is sounds plain in a sense when you hear it like that but even though it might sound plain to the ordinary ear when you're in a shamanic journey that the drum starts speaking the drum starts making animal noises or what it's so it's so uh interesting and so there is music in there and it helps us to to feel strength and in in times when because we're usually in a group when i'm in in my workshops when when i'm not leading them but when i'm uh participating yeah um we are in a group and sometimes my mentor will will keep like will intensify the drumming she is just a conduit herself she knows where we are she she feels what is going on and sometimes when it's getting getting really tough the drum will give you the energy and will kind of like stand there and say 
you can do this and your totem animals or my totem animals are with me. I have, like I said, the magic wand and everything, even if it is uncomfortable, like you said, going through that is the only way forward because if we run away from it, it'll just come back anyways, you yes. know? So rather go through it and, and really feel it. I, I usually like to explain it with stretching. If you stretch your limbs, if you go beyond the point where it's too painful and it's just, there's too much, too much pressure or too much strain on the tendons then nothing is working. But if you go back just a little bit where it's painful enough, but you can still hold that and feel that, then suddenly after five, 10 seconds, it just lets go. And that is my image of going through that. It, if, you, if you're kind of trying to go through it with force, it will not work. But if you're just holding that space and feeling the uncomfortable feeling or the fear and just with that breathe breathe you mentioned it just breathe like i would say 80 percent of a shamanic journey is breath work <laughs> so uh yeah so just feel it breathe it and then things will get better yeah and yeah. i think maybe we'll come back to that breath work piece because i agree with you i think the breath is a whole other element of this but I, I, one more question I want to hit on here with the music element. And so thank you for sharing that, my friend. And again, a lot of imagery here today. So I hope, I hope all of you tuning in are getting these, these uh, metaphors and these, these images in your mind, much like I'm getting them. I want to ask you a question around music. And this is some based off my experience I've had with clients. And I want to see you get your take on this. And I'll, I'm already, uh, I've already prepared that the name of this episode is going to be uh, Shamanic Journeys Beyond Time and Space. And this is what I want to ask now around the music piece. And I want to share an experience that I've had with a client and get your take on it. I, uh, one of the ways that I facilitate journeys is through light frequencies. And I have a light machine. If people are listening to this episode, there was an episode I did with uh, Allison about the Lucia light and I would go back and listen to that and you can learn about this particular device that I use with people that put very succinctly, it's a device that uses different frequencies that induces a shamanic journey in many ways. And I was facilitating one of these journeys with someone and through it, I, I use rattles and drums as well. And within this particular session, I was, I was using the drum and I noticed within the session itself, the client was at the moment of the drumming. She went to another level. She was experiencing, she was releasing, she was going through some stuff. And then at the end, I, much like Martin does, I sort of hold the space to talk and chat about what has happened. And she explained to me that, you know, she was having a lot of experiences with the light in general, but at the moment that I started playing the drum, she was transported back in time and started experiencing different ancestors that she had in her lineage. And particularly one with the drum and the rattle, she went back to uh, Native American times and, and met a Native American chief that she had connection to. And the drum, every time I was playing the drum and the rattle, it was facilitating this communication and this communion with this uh, entity with this guide, with this ancestor that she was getting a lot of guidance and connection through. So my question, my friends <laughs> around this 
uh, experience that I went through with this person. What are your thoughts on the music within the shamanic experience, not just giving us wings, but allowing us to go deeper into the layers of reality, right? And go back and connect to different guides, different times, different places. What, what comes up around that? So I feel it, it, it is true that the, the drum and the rattle have their function, but it feels like it is to the, the, the master, I would say nothing is needed, right? We can just portal into whatever, where we, whenever we want to go and just see what it is we need to see, heal what it is we need to heal. But it gives the mind, which is kind of always, always on, in a sense, a, a, a chance to, to get into the, into the trance that you described. So the drum and the rattle or the whistle is helping that part of us, which is holding on to reality to kind of let go. And um, my teacher described uh, in, in when I, when I did my first seminar, I think she said that the drum is the canoe and the drum beat is the paddle. And that is taking us across kind of as well, even though we already went across with the rainbow bridge and we are in non-ordinary reality, the drum beat is helping us to stay there and to stay connected. And if something's coming up that I'm not wanting to feel, to have the courage to go through that and to kind of like hold that space. I think the more I talk about it in these interviews, I feel like the space is the most important thing and the drum and the rattle are, are able to facilitate that. And uh, that's why silence is working as well, even, even though it is harder to be aware of, but the space is the most important tool too, because the here and the now is transcending time and space, right? So through that, through the present moment, we actually get out of the present moment into other winds in order to heal in that present yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we could go, <laughs> we could start a wrap, unraveling here with all these different layers. But I think once again, my friend, I think that defines it beautifully. I love the canoe and the paddle piece and, you know, a big part of the mind, as you were saying, is keeping us in the safety of the familiar, but we often forget that the safety of the familiar is not where a lot of our healing occurs. And we need that paddle. We need that canoe to tell the ego mind that, you know, we don't want to destroy you. We don't want to kill you. We don't want to say how horrible you are. We love you. But for now, let's take a break and let's go out traveling into the beyond and let's go on an adventure. And uh, yeah, the music, the drums can be a way to do that. Martin, I'm thoroughly enjoying this chat. I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, this is this is exactly what I wanted to talk about and you are a beautiful being. So thank you for spending time with me today. I want to, you. you're welcome. I want to now speak about one of the other key key sort of uh, keystones within this. And it's the idea of totem animals. And I know that's one of the main uh, intentions and objectives and, you know, treasures that uh, you facilitate people with within the journey and the shamanic experience. So Maybe let's start with what is a totem animal and 
why is it such a sort of pivotal part of this journey that you help people move through? So um, first question first, the totem animal is said to be our potential in animal form. So when we, when we find our totem animal, we're not finding something other, we're finding us in a form that is spoken through imagery. It is something that the native, the native or indigenous people of the past used because they were much more in tune with animals and with the, with the nature itself. So they used imagery from nature. And uh, when I find my potential, when I find myself in animal form, I am, I found a part of me. I was like the moment I found my totem animal, I felt I'm not alone anymore. I'm, I have like, I'm, I have my, my essence with me. I'm whole, you know? So for me, it was, that's probably why I stuck with the shamanic journey and all these seminars and went through all these ordeals and pains because it just felt so I felt better than I did before I had learned of this experience. So the totem animal for me, even though in my journeys, they play minor roles, they're not as important as uh, maybe when I, when I found my totem animal, but I'm still, I'm learning so much about myself by looking at my totem animals, for example, they're all kind of like just really quickly. Um, if you have if you have a totem animal, which is a herd animal, or which is living in 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 kind of like packs or something, yeah. then your needs and your way of relating to others and to mm -hmm. establishing authority are much much different than when you're an animal of prey. Uh, by yourself yeah. and having conflicts with other males from that yeah. same species. So it is very, very interesting to just know about that. Martin, can I ask what your totem animal is, if you don't mind sharing it with us? No, nobody asked me before, but I, you asked so politely and I feel like it's, it's, uh, it's okay. So my, my totem animal that I found when I began this journey is a black leopard. Mm -hmm. which is kind of like stereotypical. There's so many people having panthers as their totem mm -hmm. animals, but I, it's nothing I can do. Yeah. And then... Uh, and what does it what, represent to you, my friend? So those characteristics that you were just talking about, what, again, if you don't mind sharing, yeah. what, what did it give you within that paradigm of connecting to that totem? So my first learnings were that because I read about the leopard and the jaguar and they are even though they look alike they're really different animals and so i i understood leopards are much more shy they're in the background they try to avoid conflict if they if they hunt something they hunt it from the back and rather than approaching it from the front mm -hmm. they uh because it's a black animal it's um or like black fur it's uh, com connected to the moon and to the night and kind of like uh, invisibility. I can make mm -hmm. like the leopard as well. They can, they can pretty much make themselves invisible. Mm -hmm. So it's funny because now, now that I get to create that more and more, if I want to, if I don't want to be seen, people usually don't see me. And it's yeah. funny to just play with that, you yeah. know? So there's so many things 
And I would say what it represents to me because of the three animals that showed up for me, the leopard or the panther is representing middle world. I have kind of, or the, the earth kind of like groundedness. Some, it's the animal that is land-based rather than up in the air or in the water. So it's kind of like in between connecting me with mother earth and mm. with everything that is human society, for example, because it's really in the here and now. Thank you for sharing Martin. And so it's a couple of things. First of all, I think <laughs> I don't know you very well, Martin. This is, you know, our second conversation. We had a pre podcast chat and now we have had this chat, but even just from this small amount of time, I'm getting a lot of those vibes that you just talked about with the, the leopard and the black leopard. And I think it's, I think it's spot on for you. And I, I, you know, I'm sure there's more layers to what makes you the powerful being that you are. But I think for people listening, I love that image of connecting back to your wholeness and oneness through this support of this totem. And this is, and I'm not sure if you've gone down this route, my friend, <clears throat> but what comes up in me is past lives. Right. I'm, I'm sure there's a connection here. Like, so for example, some of the things I teach about around incarnation, reincarnation is that a lot of our souls that are here in this human form on earth, it, our soul didn't just start as human, right? Our soul in most instances has had incarnations in other physical forms, i.e. as animals. So it wouldn't surprise him. And I'd love your opinion on this, my friend, maybe just any hits that you get. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a link between a previous incarnation we've had in your case as an actual leopard. And now that leopard coming forth in this incarnation as a human to represent as a totem animal with the lessons we learned in that life. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I, I don't have a, a way of, uh, of saying yes or no, because I don't have any experience. Like I have not, I have not had any kind of like, um, way of saying this is so, or it isn't, but it, it, it resonates with me that it makes total sense that in our evolution as soul, we went through that. And that that's why we connect with some animals on a very deep level. I love elephants and hippos, even though they are not my totem animals, love them, you know? So I, yeah. So, uh, I, I'm sure there's something, something there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's an interesting thought. And I think these totem connections, it's another little tool or another little facet within our medicine bag that we can step into life with and feel strength. Right, we can feel like you beautifully said, not just that we're not alone, but that we can remember that potential that's inside of us to help us move through the things that we deserve to move and expand through. Martin, thank you for breaking all these elements down. I have a couple more questions here before we finish. Before we get to the last thing I want to throw at you here, I want to now give you a bit of space my friend, to if people have been listening, they're excited about this idea of going on the shamanic journey and, and crossing the rainbow bridge, connecting to the totem animals, using the medicine wheel. 
what what can you share with people that want to reach out to you that want to connect that want to maybe you know go on this journey with you what do you want to offer people yeah so uh just reach out you know i'm i'm more than happy i can talk about this every day i love it it's it's just my 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 happy place in a way you know so reach out light trails co just like light and trails dot co is my website and use a contact form book a session you can read some of my articles blog articles join a webinar you know there's there's tons of things to do and in uh, you, you look like you want to ask a question yeah well some bubbled up i'm not sure what the answer is to this do you facilitate this online or is it only in person no it's online yeah also you know yeah. so it is it is possible to across just time connect and space. with me yes across time and space and because i am here in germany in the central european time zone as well as in hawaii like in six months of time there will be better times if someone is living in the pacific or australia for example like you do then there will be good times but just connect i'm generally happy to talk about this to help you on your journey and uh, help you find your totem animal even if it's just like for a short chat or something if you want to know something or want a book recommendation i'm more than happy to help you out on your journey so uh please reach yeah. out and feel free so beautiful beings as always uh if you click on the show notes of the podcast player you're listening to this episode in you'll see all of Martin's details, his website, his Instagram that I'll link to. And you can just click those links and go straight to contacting him. So it'll be all there for you. And it's interesting, Martin, it, like this is the time that we live in, these kinds of uh, services that we can provide people around the energetic spiritual world. Yeah, we don't. The, long is gone when we needed to book in-person meetings. This kind of work can be purely done face-to-face to, uh, face to face on a Zoom session, right? Because it doesn't need, we are at a, at a very energetic level. We're all connected. And as the title of this podcast said, time and space is not a factor that can restrict your healing journey. So uh, I'm just excited, my friend. I might need to book a journey with you. I'm feeling it. So um, Martin, where I finish this episode usually is with, with a final question. And the name of this podcast is the cosmic love antenna. And when I say love, I connect to the divinity, the God source inside of you. And you are the antenna that once you connect into that love, you then can express it with the cosmos and the love outside of you. So I'm wondering, my friend, how do you personally define that love word? For me, it's the language of God the language of the universe it is that it's the water if we're a fish it's the water that surrounds us it's everywhere and it's it is what what heals us what is there for us which connects us it's just everything you know love is everything <laughs> simple simple but profound my friend i love you very much thank you for spending time with me today uh, listeners out there in the podcast world. Thank you for giving us your ears, giving us your heart. I hope you got some value. Remember, if you did share this episode with someone that you love very much so they can dive deeper into this kind of work and this exploration. But until next time here on the Cosmic Love Antenna, we love you. We both love you unconditionally and we wish you a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And we'll catch you next time here on the show. 
Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.